Hey everybody, it's Debt's No Honest Man Can Pay on NRM Streamcast. It's nice that I can trust you with my secrets. Your reputation for discretion is well known. And I appreciate the glimpse into your mystery Tell me just one thing
rocking this week's show off with Lil Steven and the Disciples of Soul going back to 2017 Soul Fire, St. Valentine's Day, a song that originally appeared in the original motion picture soundtrack of the movie, Not Fade Away, Tipping My Hand, we will be closing out this week's show with that version. If you're not familiar with the movie, check it out. I highly recommend it. It's not one of those movies that's going to change the world, but it is a damn fine little independent film. And it was also the feature film directorial debut of David Chase. Yes, that David Chase. David Chase, who is responsible for The Sopranos, which explains why little Steven was the musical supervisor for that film. The movie is about a fictional band back in the 60s. The band was called The Twilight Zones, and that's T-W-Y-L-I-G-H-T. The version that we heard at the top of the show, Little Steven and the Disciples of Soul, Little Steven wrote the song. The version we're going to hear closing out this week's show by the Twilight Zones, who aren't really a real band. And the original version came out in 2012. Little Steven's version came out in 2017. The version that you hear in the film, credited to the Twilight Zones, sang by actors John Majaro and Jack Houston. Also, it's notable to note, if I may be so redundant, that the version from the film is actually titled St. Valentine's Day Massacre. And it's about half as long. But that's neither here nor there. We are bookending today's show with different versions of this awesome song written by Lil Steven in anticipation of Valentine's Day. And with that, hey everybody, it's Debt's No Honest Man Can Pay. My name is Greenberg. Thank you so much for joining us. We're here weekly on NRM Streamcast. And right about now you're going, Greenberg, what else do we got on today's show? I'm so glad that you asked and I would love to tell you. We are welcoming our very first in-studio guest in quite some time. It's been a couple of years since we've had an in-studio guest. And in just a moment, we're going to go ahead and listen to a chat I recorded a couple weeks back with Metanoia, who is the host of the live storytelling event series and podcast, Foreplay Goes South, to make things fun in anticipation of Valentine's Day. I gave us both a little homework, and we each ran down our top five sexiest albums to get busy to. Now, at this point, it's only fair to give you a trigger warning. Foreplay Goes South, both the podcast and the live storytelling events, feature stories about love and hope and sex and dreams and sex and kink. And did I mention sex? So with that in mind, just wanted to give you a trigger warning that there will be lots of talk about sex. We try to not make it gratuitous, but there's going to be some adult language, some adult themes. We had a whole lot of fun and hopefully you will agree. However, if this kind of thing is not your jam, no worries. Feel free to grab a fruit snack on the way out and we'll catch you on the next episode. In just a minute, we're going to chat with Foreplay Goes South host Metanoia. 
You've got three ways to connect with us on social media. Number one, like Debt's No Honest Man Can Pay on Facebook. Number two, follow us on Twitter at Exile on E Street. And number three, like us on Instagram at Exile on E Street. Same as Twitter, making it extra convenient. Or if you want to kick it old school, drop us an email. Debt's No Honest Man Can Pay at gmail.com. Hey everybody, it's Debt's No Honest Man Can Pay. My name is Greenberg. Thank you so much for joining us. We're here weekly on NRM Streamcast. And it has been a minute since we've had an in-studio guest. And it's about damn time that we had an in-studio guest. And if I can just go a little further down the rabbit hole, I'll just say that when I first started becoming a fan of podcasts, one of the things I always enjoyed the most was how sometimes one host of one podcast would be a guest on another and vice versa. And there was this whole all ships rise with the tide kind of thing. So when I thought, you know, when I grow up and get to be a podcaster, I want to be part of this whole crossover phenomenon. And I never really thought the day would come when debts would become a podcast because to be a music podcast and to play all the full songs, you have to pay the BMI and ASCAP licensing fees and a year and change ago when Plaza Midwood Community Radio shut their doors and I was left without a home for my little radio show that could, I certainly didn't expect that the opportunity for the show to phoenix itself into a podcast would happen. But here we are now. We are like a year and a half into our other existence on this other plane and here I am playing in the podcast sandbox and I I have made my very first podcast friend and she is joining us today and it this is going to be fun and it's going to be quite different from what we talk about usually here on the show but you can catch our friend metanoia hosting the live event for play go south in charlotte north carolina once a month and the show has recently phoenixed itself into a podcast. Or if I may be a little more accurate, the podcast and the live event coexist on this very same astral plane. But I'm going to shut my app and let my guest talk about the phenomenon that is foreplay goes south. Metanoia, first and foremost, welcome to the show. And tell us, what is foreplay goes south. Thank you. I appreciate you having me here and I appreciate this opportunity. So uh, yeah, Foreplay Goes South. It's a live event first and foremost. It's a live storytelling event uh, hosted at Petra's. And so people get up on the stage and they tell their own personal to them, true to them stories. And for folks listening who aren't in Charlotte, Petra's is a very cool bar slash live music venue in as you call it, Historic Plaza Midwood. Historic Plaza Midwood. And the live event has been going on for many years. Yes, 2015 is when uh, when we founded the, the live event. And um, it's uh, it's been going strong since then outside of uh, a minor shutdown to the, the whole C word we won't talk about. Right. Yeah, other than that, it's been going strong. It was popular from the get-go. So I'm, I'm, I'm very honored and... And, and pleased by that. And the current uh, setup at Petra's, 
not the not the first venue you've been at. No, that's correct. Actually, um, when we first started for play, it was at uh, a small little uh, venue called Upstage in Noda. Right. And uh, it was there for about a year, maybe just under a year. Right. And uh, and then they closed. They right. cl- they shuttered the doors. So um, we moved it around a little bit. We were at Hattie's for about four months, and we had one horrible show at another place um that did not go well and it was not a good vibe and then and then we found petra's um you know i'm gonna have to ask and define horrible show uh the venue the vibe just was not right it did not fit the format of the show because of the content of the show um it it really needs um a smaller very intimate venue um the the lighting is important the the energy is important and so you need people to feel safe and 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 sexy (laughs) so you bring up a good point uh the the vibe of the show is important so we've established that foreplay goes south is a storytelling event and the word foreplay should be a tip of the hand yeah but please elaborate on what folks can expect when they attend a live event oh well they can expect to be shocked they can expect not to expect anything outside of just um primarily sex that's that's primarily what people are going to be talking about it is uh it is sex love desire romance anything goes as long as it's consensual and uh pretty much as innocent as your first kiss or as salacious as your last fisting or even (laughs) further than that um anything edgy we shout out to consent but uh other than that it's pretty much anything goes on the stage so it's a it's a like I like to call it a kinky, uh, kinky moth. So, see, I like to call it the filthy moth, but I think filthy they, moth. I like or, that. Or the dirty moth. I like filthy. And moth. I'm like, I love, I love a good story, and I don't know if everybody likes to admit it, but I think everybody on some level enjoys a good dirty story. Oh, I would, I think so. It speaks to the culture that we live in, where you know we're just so obsessed with the the reality shows and the tabloids and just so bored with our own lives that we need to get a little excitement by living vicariously that and we want to see all of the dirty you know things that are happening behind everybody's doors right that's so interesting to people right plus wouldn't you also say that another way of looking at it is we want to hear these stories to feel like oh we're not alone. Yep, they're relatable. Oh, suddenly it's like, oh, other people feel that way, and other people do those things. Maybe this isn't so odd, which is actually a big part of the reason why I like doing this the the show. So, yeah. so you started doing the live event in 2015. How long did it take before all of a sudden you were going? Oh, a lot of people are attending. And this is a sustainable event. You know, I don't, I don't think that it really, God, I don't think I really had um, a clue that it was sustainable for years. Honestly, right. I, um, it always felt like this miraculous, um, unsure gift. Like, are we gonna get it this week, this month? Are people gonna show up? Are people gonna tell stories? I, you know, it, I was never sure, and I, I know for years, every event I went to, I was filled with this, like, nervous anxiousness about, 
you know, whether people were actually going to show up. Right. And I remember it was probably... Well, if you're good. not nervous, you're not doing it right. Sure. Well, okay, that's fair. And um, I agree with that. But this this sort of uncertainty right. of not knowing. And I think it was about two and a half years into it that, you know, I, I realized outside of my nervousness and my built-up anticipation and anxiousness and everything... Everybody always turned out, right. even if it had a slow start of people submitting their names and such. People always submitted names. I always had um, a list of people to carry me through the evening to get up on stage and volunteer to share their stories and that I needed to just chill out a little bit, <laughs> chill the fuck out and stop getting so worked up before the shows um, because it always worked out. And it took me a couple of years to get there for sure. So... When did the decision come to take it to the next level and turn the live events into a podcast? Sure. Well, there's a little story there. Um, I like stories, so why not? Uh, you know, I I know that it had been mentioned to me previously by yourself um, and by other people, you know, potentially doing a podcast from it. And honestly, I'd never really had much interest in it because I didn't listen to podcasts. I was not a podcast listener. I didn't really see the value in moving into that, that medium. Right. And, um, it was, uh, you know, COVID happened and everything shut down. My show shut down. And at the time I remember distinctly thinking, oh, well, this will only be like a month or two. I'm going to take foreplay off the stage. It's going to shut down. We'll be back in a couple of months. We'll be back in time for Easter. Exactly. And, and then, you know, a couple months into it, uh, you know, we weren't coming. I was thinking, oh, we'll be back. It'll be back six months into it. I was thinking, is, is COVID going to kill foreplay? I don't know. COVID's killing all sorts of stuff. I should hope COVID doesn't kill foreplay. I was like, is COVID going to kill, kill foreplay? And, and then a year into it, I wasn't even thinking about foreplay anymore. Like I just, I was moved on in my head and I really just wasn't, it wasn't a thing that I was thinking about whether or not it was going to come back. But in that time, um, because I was stuck in my house so much, um, I had taken up listening to a lot of podcasts. That's what I did to fill the space, to fill, you know, the, the loneliness and to make me feel like I wasn't alone. And I had taken up a lot of podcasts and started listening to them quite avidly and such. So when I was contacted by um, Perry, who's the owner of Petra's, and he was like, you know, hey, we're going to be bringing it back in August. We're going to open the doors back up. Do you want to get back on the stage? Um, We'd love to have you back. I was like, do I want to come back? I don't honestly know. And uh, in thinking about it, I realized, you know, a couple of things. One, if I if I was going to go back and, yeah. and, and bring, you know, the event back and put that much time and energy into it, um, I wanted it to be different for the people that I was bringing it to. And for myself, I had kind of become complacent in what I was doing with the live event. And so I wanted to do something new. I wanted to push it to another level, take it, make it more challenging. And, um, and, you know, I thought podcast, that's, that's a new thing for me. It's a way to spread that, you know, sp- spread, spread to a wider audience what I'm doing, what I want people to, to know about it, what I want people to hear, you know, what I wanted to share with them. So, well, I'll tell you what, the very first time that you and I had spoken about the live event never having attended one of the events i just thought this is brilliant you've got this event and people continue to come to it and 
without having even been to an event, I immediately thought, this is like another version of The Moth. This was made for podcasting. So it filled me with just unbridled amounts of joy when you told me that you were going to be turning foreplay into a podcast because I thought, okay, it's just going to take off from here. And I'm ashamed to say I've only been to one event, but I was blown away by how many people there were at the end of the night. I didn't even stay for the entire evening because it was a school night. But I number one, I, I enjoyed what I heard. And number two, I was astounded by just how many people there were. And I'm pretty damn sure that the event went on for several hours and there was no shortage of stories. And the fact that it exists now as a podcast that I can listen to when I take a hike after work and you just, you know, as a, is a filthy little palate cleanser. And I know they're <laughs> filthy and palate cleanser don't go well, but you know, it's like I'm listening to my nerdy music podcast and my nerdy movie podcast. And then, Oh, here's foreplay. You know, it's just, just like this dirty little thing that I get to enjoy. But even more than that, you know, it's, you know, about that human experience so I am just astounded and I, I am jealous in the in the most positive way that you've created this entity that not only thrives on one level, but on two levels as the live event and the podcast. You know, I think it's interesting because, you know, you mentioned the filthy moth and, and um, when I, th- I feel like when I first told you about doing the, when I, you know, before the podcast, when I first told you that I do these live events, I think you were one of the first people who was like, kind of like the moth. And I was like, what's the moth? I don't know. So, and when you, when you said that, I, I, I had to do like a double take and I, I knew I couldn't be like, Oh, you have to listen to the moth because I don't know about you, but anytime somebody says, oh, you have to do something, I'm like, no, no I do I not. Don't. And it's just like, <laughs> I would rather be like, oh, I hope that she eventually discovers the moth on her own and it clicks. And the, yeah. Do you have that revelation? Uh, well, I think it just took about five people saying, oh, that sounds like the moth. Where I was like, I need to look up this moth thing. I don't know what this is, what they're talking about. I love the moth now. The moth I love is it. great. Yeah. I, it's a great, great podcast. To lo- I would love to go to a live show and get on stage. I don't know. Maybe one of these days I'll enter. I don't try. know why they haven't had a moth event here in Charlotte. Maybe they have. I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, they've been it's running possible. for a long time. Oh, God, yeah. So, yeah. Right. yeah. I love it. I'm glad I finally... Finally decided to follow everybody's uh, guidance so, there. <laughs> getting back to the live event, yes. it is the first Tuesday of. Is the, it's the no, third Tuesday? I'm sorry, the third Tuesday. Yeah. I'm, it, the podcast drops on the first. Yes. It's always a Tuesday. Always a Tuesday. Always a Tuesday. Yeah. So first Tuesday of the month is going to be the podcast. Third Thursday of the month. Tuesday is. What did I say? You said third Thursday. Well, it's the th-th. I know. Yeah. So third Tuesday <laughs> is the live event. Yes. The the second and the fourth Tuesdays, you are on your own. Yeah. You'll have to recover. Yeah. So I give you a little time to build up anticipation. <laughs> I want you really wanting it. There you go. 
So, and the podcast is available anywhere you can get the podcast. Uh, yeah, well, pretty much. Um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. There's some um, a bunch in India. I have a very big India, uh, following in India. That's the second largest following. Oh, wow. Um, and so... Uh, and there's just a bunch of others. Um, iHeartRadio and I, I, there's... You can find all of the places that you can follow it and oh, subscribe yeah. on the website. So I, I know exactly what you're talking about because when I first launched this as a podcast, I became aware of all the entities, like the ones that nobody talks about. Sure. And there's a ton of them. But um, I, I'm jealous of you because you are like in all of the places. I I shake my tiny fist. I, I'm not on Spotify. <laughs> what? Why not? Because Spotify does not cotton too kindly to podcasts with music music in there. I actually had an issue with that when I first um, when I first put in yeah I don't know what applied I don't know right. what you call it um, but when I first put it in you know my uh, my teaser right. the trailer that I'd created and I submitted that to all of the streaming uh, platforms and such Spotify they accepted it first and then they booted me. Um, right off of it, and I contacted them and reached out, and they were like, oh, well, we, we don't allow um, music providers on our Spotify. You have to go to the artist section for that. And I'm like, that I'm, but I'm not music. I mean, there's a little music, right. you know, in, in, in the beginning and between stories. I was like, I'm storytelling. I'm right. not music. So it took me a month to clear that up. I had to contact them on Twitter and say some things. How out quickly loud. did they boot you? I'm just wondering. Because it was in a week. Within a they week, they are like a little too good at their job. Yeah, it was like within a week. Yeah, they had. I think it was before right. or right after I published the very first episode. And the thing is, you know, I'm not like I'm not like really seriously angry at them. <clears throat> Wouldn't it be great if I could be on Spotify? Yes, because like all of a sudden, Spotify is the place. Yeah. But, you know, I get it. I get it. Well, you know, Spotify is the second um, largest uh, podcast streaming platform, second to Apple Podcasts, yeah. obviously. But the majority, when I look at my analytics, the majority of people are just listening um, from my hosting site. So, yeah. um, I don't know. Yeah, I take a look at the analytics and sometimes, you know, it's it's cool. And other times I'm like, can I really trust these numbers i'm like how many of them are people actually listening how many of them are bots yeah. i know you planted that in my head a couple of uh, a few months ago when i first you were like how many of those but are bots and i was I, like i don't know and i didn't mean to do that <laughs> i'm like in my mind in my twisted mind i have nothing but bots downloading my <laughs> podcast and you have this vibrant community of actual human beings so I don't think you have anything to worry about. I It did make me consider that. I think that's good to consider. And, and, and looking at it now, when I look at the analytics, especially in some of the other countries and stuff, I right. look at how many people, how many downloads I'm getting like repeatedly as I release new episodes and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, no, I definitely have a following there, yeah. you know, which is, which is kind of neat. So, I don't know how many downloads I have in different places. The way that my analytics... Are, and I'll show you later, is it's broken down in per, uh, percentages. Okay. So, um, like, obviously, like, 94% in the United States, and, like, what's, you know, it's, it's neat to see all the little breakdowns going, 
do I really have somebody in Latvia listening? <laughs> do I? Yeah. It's kind of, blow, it would kind of blow my mind if there was some, like, nerdy kid somewhere in some, like, obscure Eastern European country who was listening to all this music and then he picked up a guitar and, like, like broke the mold sure yeah that's what i think you know obviously u.s is top uh top percentage um india is second right i'm thinking you know there's they're repressed over there maybe sexually they you know they're in their rooms you know jigging it off i don't know and then uh germany is third you know there's some kinky fuckers over there so that actually doesn't surprise me for some reason at all there you go (laughs) so while it is great to talk about the live event and the podcast and i highly recommend Everybody check out Four Play Goes South. And another thing, I love the name because it's clever. Four Play Goes South can mean so many things. And like it ties into just the mishaps and all the things that populate a lot of these stories. And then there's the geographical aspect mm-hmm. of it takes place in a major southern metropolitan city and then you could if you really want to if you really want to stretch the metaphor thin till the point that it rips you know the goes south yeah Yeah. the southern region yes absolutely you know the the name is um can be very subjective and um, that's one of the things i liked about it but there is a story behind that please tell um so the original the story is a spin-off or the sorry the the live event is a is a spin-off so it's like law and order Sure, exactly. Um, the original uh, foreplay, just foreplay, right. exclamation mark, um, is, uh, was originated in Manhattan. Right. And uh, I knew the event uh, coordinator there. And uh, he, it's no longer in Manhattan. It's no longer at all. Right. It's a defunct event. But um, at the time, uh, I knew the uh, coordinator there. His name is Jefferson. And um, it was a storytelling event, yeah. live storytelling, sex, desire, love, romance, same sort of thing. So is Jefferson from the South? Because that's a very Southern name. Mm-mm. Nope. That's ironic. Nope. Not yeah. that I know of, at okay. least. Um, yeah. And so uh, when I decided to do it down here, it was uh, foreplay goes south and you know basically because geographically it went south right. um but it is it's very subjective because does it mean does it it went wrong foreplay went round went wrong or foreplay foreplay went down south <laughs> you know yeah that that's that's yeah it, that's the fun thing about that name you can interpret it as you wish while i'm loving talking about the live event in the podcast, we gave you some homework. You did. We gave you a mission. Oh, you did. It was so, hard. It was rough. Was it? It was, was hard it, and rough. It was hard and rough? <laughs> so, so Just the way I like it. There Thank you, you go. <laughs> so we asked you, since this episode will be airing shortly before Valentine, Valentine, Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. We wanted to pick your brain and find out what your top five albums to get busy to are. Absolutely. Without any further ado, Metanoia, please share your list. So, you know, it's interesting. I, I put a lot of thought into this. Okay. And um, the I have a, I had a much longer list. Really? It, it really took a, it took some work to try right. and like narrow it down. Um, but I, even though I had a much longer list than this, I found... That um, I, all the music on the list was all from you know kind of earlier years, right. um, from when I was in my late teens to 
all the way up to about 30. Right. Um, and so a lot of the music is from the 90s and the aughts. Right. Um, and so I'm so not... So there's quite... a lot of hoop stank in there. No. No. Oh, no. That would be a negative. Uh, no, but uh, I don't know. I, I you know, I, I did cause me to question a little right. bit. Like, do I not? Is it that music that's being made nowadays just isn't, um, you know, sexy to me? Or, you know, how much music am I listening to while I'm having sex? Like, maybe that needs to be addressed. I don't know. Right. So, uh, so yeah, I will preface this list by saying that uh, the, the majority or all of the music is uh, music I listened to back in, um, in my early college years into, uh, into my mid-20s. It's still good music. I, I would still listen to it today. You know, you go with what works, and I'm I'm not going to lie. A lot of the things that are on my list, and yes, I'm tipping my hand. I will be sharing my list later. <clears throat> a lot of the things on my list go back easily, like, 20 years plus. Sure. So. So, I'm going to say the list, um, and, and I'm not, I'm going <laughs> to... I'm going to say this much. I'm dying to know, and I don't want you to answer this question while we're recording, but as a, I'm dying to know as, a, as a, the musical genius that you are with the vast amount of knowledge right. that you have, whether you thought that my list was um, uh, predictively feminine or just like completely it's, amateur, like no, well, no. I'm or like, predictable I, somehow. I learned a long time ago <laughs> not to rip on anybody's musical proclivities because that could make people cry <laughs> or, or make them upset. I I was a dick in college and I would go into people's rooms and I would rifle through their collections and I would rip on them. Damn. And I was a dick. That's savage. I was yeah, I've I've learned. I'm not I'm not quite so much a dick anymore. But when I looked at your list, I'm like, okay, some of these, yes, I get it. And others I was like, I was not expecting that. There were like about two or three where I'm like, I wasn't expecting that. Interesting. But I'm interested to hear your process and right. your thoughts behind your list. So please. All right. We'll go with the list. Us. All right. So uh, I'm going to kind of go in some sort of, I guess, maybe a biographical order. Okay. Um, the first one on my list, and this isn't number one. I'm not going in like top, right. top in, in, in that order. But the first one on there is Enigma. Um, the album is uh, 1990. And, of course, many people remember Enigma from the song, was it Sadness or Sadness? I don't know how I think it's it. Sadness. Yes. Um, yes. But, yeah, it was all over alt-rock radio in the 90s, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I feel like this is the one that's probably the most predictable sexy album um, or album to have sex to that's on my list right um in fact i i was and i want you know i had to google how to pronounce the title because it's got all those roman numerals yeah yeah we yeah. did the same i wanted to make sure i had it right before i came over here so it's, yeah for so for, for people listening it going you know what the hell are they talking about 1990 a.d Yes, yes, yeah. but it's the one that has all of the Roman numerals. So right, right, right. That's what it means. Um, yeah, my favorite song on the album is Mea Quelpa, um, which is primarily in French, and right. I love that. I used to love to sing it in French. I used to love to um, fuck and say the words in French to my partner in their Ooh. ear. That was always a lot of fun. Okay. So, um, yeah. That's probably my favorite album, or that is absolutely my favorite song on that album. Right. So, um, yeah, that was on the list. Okay. I, you know, and it's, I think that was 
I came across that early in my adult life. I, you know, I was, I was kind of um, studying and practicing some pagan religions at the time. Right. And so I was very much into, you know, um, I don't, somehow that ties into it. So I was very much into exploring this, um, this thing, this, this element that's, that striked me as sexy and not normal. Um, as I, you know, I imagined uh, people, you know, running around naked in the woods listening to Enigma. I don't know. Uh, the Gregorian chants and such. There's a, that, that whole co- kind of like choral music thing. I was also real big into Thomas Tallis at the time right. and such. And so, yeah, that's kind of where that ties in. Um, so the second um, artist album song that was on that list was uh, Portishead. Um, their debut album, Dummy. And uh, my favorite song on that was Glory is Glory Box. That is a damn good choice. Yeah. I'm like the album is great, but Glory Box is just Ugh. yeah. It's that scorches the earth with sexiness. It really does. Yeah. I don't know, and there's something about it. Um, and I think you know, with the time frame that it fits in with me, when I discovered that album and and really listened to it a lot, you know. Th- it seems like their lyrics is, it, it strikes me as this woman who's kind of, you know, trying, it's, it's sort of a coming of age. She's trying to explore, you know, her sexuality. Mm-hmm. She's trying to understand her place in the world and kind of understand how her heart works and such. And so I found that, you know, very relatable and very sexy, obviously. And then from the, the sheer sonic standpoint, I'm like the samples that they use and just, I'll just go ahead and say it that trip hop might be one of the sexiest genres out there or downbeat whatever you want to call it but that whole genre is like you could just blindly pick from a stack of trip-hop cds and you're going to be in good shape i agree uh fantagram hot stuff i I mean honestly i'm really terrible at music genres so i'm hoping (laughs) i'm not like picking wrong with them but i feel like fantagram i feel like maybe fka twigs might fall into that i don't know am i wrong here i'll allow it okay all right i'm like i'm (laughs) looking to you um i don't want to tell you what your interpretation should be i think your interpretation should be your interpretation (laughs) i'll take it so all right shall i move on please okay so um the third album uh artist on that list is tori amos I have a lifelong love and perceived relationship with Tori Amos. Um, I have followed her entire career, yep. and um, I think really that's the only artist that I've followed, you know, from the beginning of when they started making music and really just kind of kept up with the evolution of their music. Yep. Um, it's the only artist that I've done that with, and I had a really hard time choosing which album I was going to, because I knew Tori Amos was definitely going to be on this, and between um, From the Choir Girl Hotel and uh, Little Earthquakes, yep. I decided From the Choir Girl Hotel was going to be the one that I put on this list. It is... It is raw and sexual and sensual and um, there's something about it that's, um, it comes from this place of, you know, just, you know, kind of an angry passion. That that rawness, I think, honestly, I think that's the best adjective that I can come up with it. And, um, you know, it really spoke to me at a time in my life where I had, you know, experienced my first heartbreak right. and, and, you know, was starting to explore sex and, and my, you know, 
promiscuity, honestly, from that, um, you know, heartbreak and, and trying to understand like how to deal with this black heart that I now owned inside my body that now that fed my vagina on a regular basis. That's where my love of Tori Amos and that particular album. But the song, my favorite song is, uh, it's just a bunch of vowels, actually. It's I-I-E-E-E-E. <laughs> I misread it. I thought it was lie with extra E's in all lowercase, like an E.E. E. Cummings thing. Oh. Ah, it might be, honestly. I always just thought the first I was a capital I. Maybe she did it that way to like have us sitting here and like debating questioning it. what we're questioning our yes you know I'm, our I'm, understandings I'm here. I'm questioning my uh, my uh, <laughs> comprehension of the artistic genius of Tori Amos. She's a serious, a serious genius. Yeah. Yes, and not not to uh, not to trivialize her because she is a world class badass, but yeah. I. I have a lifelong weakness for redheads. So. Oh, yeah. I don't blame you. It's okay. <laughs> you know, she is a badass and she's sexy as fuck. I've seen her in concert a few times and the way that she rides her Oh yeah. her her piano bench yep. is just oh. Yep. Yeah. Yep. She makes me juicy. Um, all, right. all right, what's next on the list? All right, so uh, the list is five is five long, and yes. actually four and five are the same artist, uh, but different um, different bands. So uh, Maynard James Keenan. Right. Um, I'm gonna refer to him as Maynard. I feel like I can refer. I can first name him. He because you guys are like this. We're like this. I have come to his music so many times right. that I mean he might as well be you know my bestie. Right. Um, so on that list, uh, Tool, uh, Anima, uh, which is my favorite album of his, um, the favorite song Mm -hmm. on that album being H, I, it's just, it's incredibly sexy. Um, want a music or want a song you can ride to? That's what I'm talking about. Um, and then his other, (laughs) his other, um, uh, band music, what would you call that? Um, his other musical project is Pussifer. I can't remember if I knew that already. Oh. I knew that there was a perfect circle, but mm-hmm. for me, Pussifer was just like this, I just never heard of him, and then one day, there's the record that I saw in the record store, and I may have known that it was Maynard, but completely forgot until now. Sure. But I was, when I was looking at your list, and I'm like, okay, Enigma, that tracks, um... The uh, Portishead, yep. But when when you start going down the the you know the Tori Amos, I'm going, huh? I I always thought of Tori as very confrontational, very just just confessional. I never really considered her music to be sexy, and that's not to take anything away from it. And then Tool, I'm like, I never really thought of Tool as sexy, but then there's a very primal yes very primal element to it yeah and then when that makes sense and i had a chance to go ahead and preview some of these and it's like just looking at the names like tori amos tool hmm i wasn't expecting this but then you listen and like okay yeah now i get it and yes there was this thing in the 90s of you know what was referred to as industrial music and i think what what is commonly known as industrial music was quite different from 
the industrial music that I was first introduced to. And I think it's all part of the spectrum. But I think what artists like Nine Inch Nails and Tool and other bands in the 90s did was infuse this like primal element, this this groove element, and industrial became less industrial, became less machine-like. Okay. So. Yeah. I would agree with that. So, I, you know, it begs the question, what is sex to you? Exactly. Like, how do you experience sex and such? And so, you know, I think in, in going over this list and creating right. this list, you know, it really did, it it brought to attention, um, you know, something that I, obviously, I already sort of, you know, I already knew deep down, but this idea of like, what does sex, how do I experience sex and how, what places inside of me does it touch? And I feel like, you know, especially Tori Amos, yes, but specifically with, uh, with Maynard's music, like it speaks to my id. It's, it is, it brings out that primal. And a lot of times that is, it's raw, it's angry. It's, it it can be confrontational. Mm. It can be aggressive. Um, it can be very sensual and passionate Mm. and all of those things for me, you know, those things are passionate, right. you know, there's other types of passionate, of course, and such, but, so, um, so when Maynard's on the eyes roll back, you are levitating six feet above the bed. Sure. Yes. <laughs> no, I'm not typically, actually, I'm not levitating over right, the right, bed. Right. I'm levitating over my partner right. typically, or doing some sort of seductive, you know, foreplay of my own to like draw them in and get them ready for what's about to happen. So, uh, yeah, no, uh, Tool and Pussifer for sure. Um, with Pussifer, uh, the, the Rev 2220 is, is not only my favorite song on the album, but it's my favorite song on the list as far as sexiest songs. Um, I think, you know, one of the things with Maynard is that, you know, he has this very, um, this sort of uh, aggressive viewpoint or relationship with religion and right. his disdain for religion, and it comes through in so much of his lyrics. And you know that's something that I relate to. Um, and so his uh, this this sort of like visceral sexual nature to his right. l- lyrics that are very kind of blasphemous at the same time. I right. find incredibly sexy. Well, I found it arousing. It's yes. And I, that's obviously something that I enjoy. <laughs> there's, well, there's something that's kind of enticing about, like, oh, I shouldn't be doing this. I'm naughty. Uh, yeah. No, yeah. absolutely. And, yeah. and and something that I have learned many times in the past and something that you'll hear a lot on the stage and in the stories is right. is that's a huge turn on for a lot of people is, is, is you know, pursuing and, and exploring things that they know they shouldn't be doing. And that's what makes it so exciting. While you were regaling us with the tales of the the background of these songs i was just reminded that maynard and and tori they're buds yeah yeah so. yeah they sang uh muhammad my friend together on stage right. and uh you know I, there's a part of me that kind of wishes that they had gone together but no apparently they're still friends but no so see so you think that maybe like like late in their life they may have a mo- they may have their moment well, she's married and ha- and happily, you know, happily married, has right. a kid, become a mom, and lives like, somewhere, right. I think, in the UK. I don't know. Um, and so I doubt it. You know, I think, I 
Maybe. I, I, I don't know. I could imagine in my fantasy world, maybe. But, you know, Tori became so, um, you know, I don't know. She she went and got a bunch of therapy and became so balanced and, you know, kind of kind of took a toll on her music, honestly. But um, I, I, I kind of picture, because she apparently had a uh, some sort of relationship with um, Trent Reznor. Right. And uh, apparently that was very tumultuous. Oh. And um, he thought she was psychotic. I'm sure she was. And so, uh, and she was just, you know, horribly in love with him. But and so. I want to touch on <laughs> when you said, okay, she went to, through therapy and now she's balanced. And I just want to say, how fucked up is it that we think to ourselves, okay, they they cleaned up. They're they're not smoking dope. They're not shooting heroin. I know. They they went through therapy and now their art is suffering. Like how fucked up is that we feel that I way? know. Red hot chili peppers, they got clean and now their music sucks. I'm like, oh, I'm really happy for you that you're healthy and clean in your life, but your music sucks. Okay, that's the reason <laughs> why I'm always gonna pick Nick Cave over Maroon 5. Okay. <laughs> I hate to say it, you know. Um you know, Adam Levine seems like the nicest guy in the world, but, you know, M- Maroon 5 is just, you know, I'm not going to rip on him, but it's just, you know, n- not my cup of tea. No. Whereas, you know, somebody like Nick Cave, who has, like, danced on the razor's edge and has probably fallen off the razor's edge and climbed up the razor's edge, barely with fingertips attached, <laughs> is always going to be more interesting to me. Absolutely. You know, I'm not going to sit here and uh, and say anything negative about therapy. You know, it's done a lot for me in my life, and I'm oh, much more balanced than I was when I was thoroughly enjoying preach, Tori preaching Amos. To the, preaching to the choir here. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, when it comes to that, that, that place about creating something yeah. that I want to fuck to, yeah, the therapy kind of kills it a little. All right. So let's go ahead. Let's spin your top five. We'll come back. We'll quickly recap what we played, and then I will give... My top five. You're listening to Debts No Honest Man Can Pay. Yeah. 
je te désire. Thank you. 
With your ease and your ease and I'm doing my Boosting your American yeah, 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 yeah. Easy girls, is it your sweet saliva? With your ease and your ease and I do one more Sacrifice 
confession Unless you don't give a good goddamn about redemption I know Christ is coming And so am I You would too if the sexy devil caught your eye She'll suck you dry And still you cry to be back in our bosom She'll make you weep and moan and cry To be back in her bosom To do it again Till I go blind Cause nobody ever survives Pray and stand around until I can die a little longer Saviors and saints, devils and heathens alike She'll eat you alive Jesus is risen It's no surprise even he to ride to hell between those thighs The pressure is building On the base of my spine If I gotta sin to see you again Then I'm gonna lie, lie, lie She'll make you cry I'll sell my soul To be back in her bosom Gladly now please suck me
Hey everybody, it's Debt's No Honest Man Can Pay. My name is Greenberg. Thank you so much for joining us. We're here weekly on NRM Streamcast, and we're sitting here today with our good friend Metanoia, the host of Four Play Go South, the live event at Petra's in Charlotte, North Carolina, on the third Tuesday of every month. The podcast can be found the first Tuesday of every month, wherever you find podcasts. So let's quickly wrap up your top five sexiest albums to get busy to. So Absolutely. All right. So we had Enigma, 1990, the album also known as the album with all the Roman numerals. <laughs> we also had Portishead's debut album, Dummy. Right. And what we what did we hear from Enigma? Oh, sorry. Yes. Uh, Mea Quelpa. Okay. Um, and then we have Portishead's uh, album, Dummy, with yeah. Glory Box, was the song name. That song never gets old. It really doesn't. No. It's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, we have Tori Amos's uh, From the Choir Girl Hotel, and the song I refer to is I... I'll allow it. <laughs> I think that's... Possibly Lie. We don't know. Lie? We both have research to do afterwards to yeah. try and figure this out. Or maybe Tori's just sitting there shaking her head going, no, 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 no. You, you guys are ruining no. it. <laughs> no. Just no. <laughs> and we've driven her to drink. Uh-huh, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, she's going back to therapy yeah. because of us. Yes. Um, then we also have um, Tool with Anima. Yeah. And the song, my favorite song on that album is H. Okay. And finally we have Pussifer's album V is for Vagina. And uh, that song was Rev 2220, um, which is inspired by, I don't know if you already know this, inspired by the um, biblical... Uh, Revelations twenty two twenty, which I was says, gonna, I was going to guess that. Yeah, he who yeah. testifies to those things, right. to these things, says, "Yes, I am coming soon." Oh, that's loaded. Yeah, that yeah. song is quite evocative. <laughs> so the the tool song H. Uh, yeah. Do we know what the H stands for? I don't actually. Do is you? It hydrogen? Is it heroin? Is I it... don't. I actually printed out lyrics to all of these just in case. Wow. I came prepared just in case you were no like going to ask me for some 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 something. Oh, we're going deep. Uh, well, and so the H. There's nothing in there that specifies. That's H. okay. There's nothing in there that maybe, talks about what maybe the H is. Maynard just wanted to fuck with our heads. I, that would not surprise me even the littlest bit. He, he seems like that mischievous sort. Oh, he is. He seems like that supremely intelligent sort who, who, who stands above us all, laughing as as we try and figure out what H oh, yeah. means. So yes. Well, I thank would bow you. at his knees. Thank you for sharing our <laughs> for sharing art for sharing your list, and I, you know what comes around goes around. So I am prepared to share my. I'm list. so excited, and I'm pretty damn sure that my my list is going to be vanilla in comparison to your Rocky Road. Oh, I'm sure, and I'm sure it's not. I'm curious though. Is it what is it? Is it a list of albums? A list of songs? What it are we is, doing here? It is a list of albums and. This one was, I don't want to say it was difficult, but I'm like, I knew what four of them were going to be. The fifth one I had to really think hard about. Okay. And I think I would do better by doing like a mix of like cherry picking songs 
from but these are like go-tos these are you can hit play let it roll and the mood will not be fucked with whatsoever you will be able to maintain your boner whether it be a lady boner or a dude boner yes all boners rise with the tide okay i like it i like it so the music does not get in the way it only enhances things and you know if you have the uh the the shuffle function you can put all these together and shuffle them and you're in good shape and i think i actually did that once with my CD player and yes i do have a CD player <laughs> but i was seeing somebody for a while um, and before she would arrive, I would have a lot of these albums in the CD changer and hit shuffle to the point where after a couple of times, she would say how much she liked the music. So Oh, yeah. really? So, it worked for her too. Yep. Which is always good because if they're saying this ain't happening for me, then I'm hitting skip. No, absolutely. Yeah. No, she's saying I like the music. Oh, yeah. And I'm coming back for some more. Yep. That's always a good. Indeed. Figured it out. All right. So my first one, and I would, I'm would i not putting these in order, but if I were, I would have to put this one at the top of the heap. Is the French duo known as Air. Oh, okay. So I'm not familiar. You're not familiar with I'm Air. I'm not. So I'm familiar with Air Supply. Oh, no. Air <laughs> no. Supply is not He's allowed like, in my out. bedroom. Air <laughs> Supply. No, no, no. But uh, Air's very first album was actually it was released this week in 1998 it's called moon safari okay and it is quite simply some of the sexiest music i've ever heard if i gotta pick one song off the album it's the opener la femme d'argent it goes on for about seven minutes it could go on for seven years and I would still not be sick of it. I'd be like, you can go on for another seven years. Okay. It, you know, it's like, I would have to resist the temptation of hitting repeat on this one, but don't do that. Don't make that mistake. The rest of the album is great. And it's, it's sexy enough to listen to in the bedroom, yet put on at a dinner party. It's, it's versatile. So, and with that in mind, another album that I think is perfect for the boudoir, if I may be so pretentious, <laughs> is, and we're talking first albums now, Air's Moon Safari, and they have gone on to do, like, lots of really cool stuff. They did uh, the soundtrack for the Virgin Suicides. Um, they've done a lot of really cool things. They've stretched far and wide. They're not together anymore, which makes me sad, but I'm crossing my fingers they get back together. But the very first album by the British band Zero Seven... I love Zero Seven. Everybody loves Zero Seven. Love Zero Seven. Zero Seven's Simple Things. Yes. And I am convinced that Zero Seven <clears throat> studied Air's Moon Safari okay. to create Zero Seven's Simple Things. Okay. Now, the song that I go with from Zero Seven's Simple Things, and I could have picked a lot of them because... This is a seamless album. This is just perfect. Uh, the one called Give It Away. And it kind of... It's a really nice companion piece to La Femme d'Argen from Air. Whereas La Femme d'Argen is... It's sexy, but it's also... It, it could also be like in a spy movie. It's spy jazz. <laughs> Whereas um, Give It Away is a little bit more smoother, a little more slinkier. It's like... 
you know, whereas, you know, La Femme d'Argent is maybe James Bond in the Testarossa, uh, maybe Give It Away is James Bond walking into the casino. Okay. So, mm-hmm. so I'm going to shift gears a little bit. And my next album is Zipless by Vanessa Dow. And that's spelled D-A-O-U. And Zipless is just insanely sexy because Zipless is based on the writings of world-famous erotica writer Erica Zhang, who maybe you're not familiar with her... But back in the 70s, when I was a little kid in the 70s, you know, when I would read, you know, the People magazine and the People magazine was like, for better or for worse, it's where I, as a little kid, got my pop culture information. And that's where I first learned about Erica Zhang's uh, Fear of Flying. And I had no idea that it was an erotica novel. I... I was curious whether you were going to add this album to your list because I don't know if you remember you actually turned me on to this album and it was in it was definitely in you know my longer list of does this need to be in It there? is is an insanely <clears throat> sexy album. I think first first and foremost Vanessa Dow's her delivery she's just yeah. one of these super breathy vocalists. Yes. The music is very slinky. It's in that downbeat trip hop vein and fun fact Vanessa's husband Peter her musical partner in crime is the nephew of Erica Jean which is why they were able to get permission to set the lyrics of Erica or the writings of Erica Jean to music and it just it works perfectly so yeah that's a good one now I'm gonna go with a curveball okay there is an awesome musical entity out of Minnesota called Low. Low have been just indie rock mainstays since like the early 90s. And they have done something that a lot of people refer to as slowcore. Now, if you mention the word slowcore to Low, they'll roll their eyes straight out of their skull at you. They do not like the term slowcore. But for better or for worse, low is referred to as slowcore. Now, last couple of albums, they've fucked with the formula, have added some abrasive textures, and it's really worked nicely. Really? Okay. But I wouldn't recommend one of the... I wouldn't recommend the one of those for this list... I'm going with an album that came out in 2011 called Come On. And it's not so much sexy as it is intimate. It is an intimate album. I have a vivid memory of the last serious girlfriend I had. We had taken a walk around the park. We went to the record store. We were both buying more stuff than we should have. We were flipping through some things. There was a low record she picked it up and I said, I think you would like them. And so she bought it and then we came home and I said, pulled the CD of Come On, put it on, and we got down to business. And it was just, I'm like, I knew it was going to go for well, but it's just, I could not have predicted how well it worked. Like I said, not traditionally sexy, but very intimate. Mm. Um, then, I'll have to check that out. 
Wrapping the list up with a total cliche. Oh. Total cliche. Okay, cool. I'm not the only one. (laughs) Total cliche, but it's a cliche (laughs) that I feel totally justified. And that's because I am a proud son of the Motor City. If you do not have Marvin Gaye's Let's Get It On. (laughs) And the thing is, the version I have of this album is one of those CDs where it's two albums on one CD. Mm. So it's What's Going On and Let's Get It On. And they're both great albums. And yes, What's Going On is a little bit more thought-provoking. It's more topical. I would argue you could probably like put on both and let them roll. Just like, yes, you can listen to the topical stuff on What's Going On. But you can still kind of get down to the grooves. But then you get to the, you know, after you've eaten your vegetables, you get to the... (laughs) We are all sensitive people. Then you get to the dessert and you just go for the ride. So, yeah. So that's my list. We're going to listen to my list. We're going to come back and I'm going to briefly recap the list. And then we're going to uh, wrap things up with Metanoia and send her on her goofy way.
Hey everybody, it's Debt's No Honest Man Can Pay. My name is Greenberg. Thank you so much for joining us. We're here weekly on NRM Streamcast. We're sitting here this week with our good friend Metanoia talking about her podcast and live event, Foreplay Go South. And we each ran down our top five sexiest albums to get busy to in preparation for St. Valentine's Day. So, my list at the top of the set, uh, Moon Safari from Air, and from Moon Safari, we heard La Femme d'Argen, followed by Zero Seven from their first album, Simple Things and Give It Away, Smack Dab in the middle, Vanessa Dow from her album Zipless and Sunday Afternoons, and we also heard from the Minnesota duo known as Low, the 2011 album Come On and You See Everything. And we wrapped things up with the immortal Marvin Gaye, the title track of Let's Get It On. Metanoia, it has been an absolute blast sitting with you here and talking about all things For Play Goes South. So once again, give everybody the information that they need to know to enjoy the podcast and or the live event. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Uh, For Play Goes South, the live event is every third Tuesday of the month that is hosted at Petra's in the historic Plaza Midwood neighborhood of Charlotte, North Carolina. And then uh, the Four Play Go South podcast is released every first Tuesday of the month. And you can follow that on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or pretty much any of your favorite streaming platforms. And where can people find you on the socials? Absolutely. I am on um, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Um, those are the primary three that I'm on. And, oh, yes, I'm on FetLife as well. Right. Foreplay Goes South or Foreplay GS on all of those um, is, is the easiest way to find me. So, yeah. So is there any, any parting words, anything else that you want to get in there before we wrap up? No, not really. I appreciate you having me. Well, I, I hope that people listening get a chance to come and listen to the podcast and uh, feel inspired to uh, make some of their own Valentine stories. So well, and I and Charlotte, bring them to my stage. I appreciate you sitting here with us. Uh, what you're doing is great, and keep doing it. And you, like, like I said, you'll be astounded. You'll go to this event, and you'll be like, there are so many people here who are just chomping at the bit to tell stories, and everybody is just very supportive. And like you said, it's a, a safe place, and every everything about the event and the podcast is great. Uh, check it out in metanoia thank you so much for joining us thanks for having me i appreciate it by virtue of the fact that you are currently listening you need no further assistance finding the debts no honest man can pay podcast however your friends may need a little assistance in which case be a good friend and tell them they can find us pretty much everywhere you find such things places like apple google overcast pocket casts Breaker, Castro, Radio Public, CastBox, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. And while you're at it, 
tell them. We archive every episode of the podcast, and they're conveniently found at debtsnohonestmancanpay.com, where they will also find every playlist of every episode dating back to April 2003 when we were just a mere mortal radio program. Regardless of where you get the podcast, please leave us a rating or a review. We love it. With that, let's get back to the show. Crazy, stupid monster props to Metanoia for joining us. Man, that was fun. Don't forget to check out the live event at Petra's in historic Plaza Midwood right here in Charlotte, North Carolina. That is the third Tuesday of every month. The podcast drops the first Tuesday of every month. Foreplay Goes South. Find her on the socials. Support what she does. And keep in mind that within this podcast community, all ships rise with the tide. Metanoia was so kind to be a guest on our show. I am returning the favor. Check her podcast feed and in the very near future you will see a bonus episode with my goofy ass as the guest. Keep an eye out for that. It should be dropping within the next week or so. In the meantime, hey everybody, it's Debt's No Honest Man Can Pay. My name is Greenberg. Thank you so much for joining us. We're here weekly on NRM Streamcast, and we are going to wrap things up much in the same way that we kicked things off. And we kicked things off with Little Stephen and the Disciples of Soul, the 2017 version of St. Valentine's Day. We wrap up with the original version of the song. Written by Stephen Van Zandt for the motion picture, Not Fade Away. And as I was saying earlier, it was the feature film directorial debut of David Chase. And it was also one of the last performances of James Gandolfini before he passed. So yet another reason to check out this film. So in the meantime, we kick things off with Little Stephen and the Disciples of Souls version of St. Valentine's Day. We go back to the original version, credited to the Twilight Zone's actors, John Majaro, you may remember him from First Cow, and Jack Houston, you may remember him from Boardwalk Empire. The Twilight Zones, with a Y, and their version is called St. Valentine's Day Massacre. And with that, everybody have a great week, take care, be safe. And remember, the dogs on Main Street howl, because they understand. It's nice that I can't trust you with my secrets. Your reputation for discretion is well known And I appreciate the glimpse into your mystery Tell me just one thing and then you're on your own Am I still penciling on your calendar? Am I still the late night call when you've got nothing to say? Be the last lover standing Come say 
Valentine's Day 